Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What's up, Faithful? You are listening to another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast, a part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Brian. He's Al. And Al, it's Thursday. 49ers play again on Sunday. And it's a historic matchup. I'm not sure if you recognize the 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 historic nature of this matchup. This is the first time in NFL history that a quarterback drafted with the number one overall pick is facing off against a quarterback drafted with the last overall pick. So that, to me, is the probably the most interesting storyline between 49ers and Rams because it has been a, a long, long time of domination, and we are going to get into our preview of that game. But first, I know you wanted to touch on what's going on out there in New York with our friend Robert Sala and the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers, four snaps as a New York Jet before he tore his Achilles. I, I got to ask brutal, you, when you're watching that game, what what just what went through your head when you saw that? Did you watch it live? I did. I watched it live, and I was like, I saw him go down, and then I was like, oh, he's injured. And then I was like, I wonder if it's like an ankle, right? And then he just didn't come back, and you're like, gross, right? Because as 49er fans, we know what it's like to lose a very, very important player to that turf at that stadium. That's where Nick Bosa tore his ACL. But then later that night, I actually was on TikTok. I love TikTok, big fan of TikTok. And somebody posted a video and it was a zoom in of the injury or the play and they slowed it down and you could literally see his Achilles mm-hmm. rupture mm-hmm. in the video. You could see the calf just 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 like ripple and you're just like oh no oh no it was so because you know i'm a new york guy and yeah i have a lot of friends who are jets fans and grow up the jets and stuff like that they're just i mean they're a train wreck all the time 
this was just if you're an NFL fan, you're watching that game, you just see the in the, mo- the emotion in the stadium. It's just going crazy. It was 9-11. Rodgers comes out with the flag. There's just all this awesome for the league. It was awesome, right? It was a really yeah. cool atmosphere. There was all this excitement. In four plays in, it turns into a fucking Greek tragedy. Four <laughs> plays in. And he goes down, and you see him try to get up. And at first, I thought high ankle sprain. That was I my first thing. Up, by the way, because I I don't I don't want Aaron Rodgers to be hurt. I don't right. want any these marquee players. I it's bad for the league. So I'm initially just thinking like high ankle sprain. He's going to be back. Couple months. Jets will be whatever four and four. Or whatever he'll come back. And yeah. then you see the replay, and like you said, you could see the calf muscle. And you're like, oh shit. <laughs> so my first thing, well, my first thought was I'm playing against Rodgers in fantasy and I'm down by two points and I had Dalvin Cook against Aaron Rodgers. That was my first thought because I'm a selfish asshole. And I ended up coming back and winning a game I had no business playing. Yeah, you did. But my second thought was this sucks for the league and yeah. it sucks for the Jets who have a really good team. But then mm-hmm. I started to think, because everything comes back to the Niners with us, right? The Jets are in a position right now. The Niners did not want to be and I think feared to be in. And that's why they made the moves that they did. And I'll explain. So the Jets now have this awesome defense flying around the other night. Made Josh Allen look terrible. Allen looked as shook as I've seen him play in a while. And he's a careless quarterback anyway, but he looked pretty, he looked a little shook the other night. And they have this, they have Brees Hall just ripping off 80 yard runs off an ACL surgery and Garrett Wilson with this amazing catch. And they're this really, really fun team. And now you've got to hand it over to Zach Wilson, a guy they don't they can say what they want to they don't they don't have faith in him they didn't even let him want to throw the ball the other night and now you have to hand the keys over to him and i just wonder if they had said to themselves listen we are ready to win now not working with the kid maybe it will somewhere else we got aaron in here let's make a play for jacoby Brissett or taylor heineke just somebody that's isn't going to set the building on fire if kirk cousins he goes down. Well, Kirk Cousins ne- ne- next year, maybe, but I'm talking like to back up Aaron Rodgers, right? Oh, oh, sorry. Like yeah, beginning yeah, of the season, ahead. right? Sorry. So, yeah, who knows next year? Maybe they will go to Kirk Cousins next year. Well, I meant this year. <laughs> maybe. Rod- yeah. Cousins, Stafford, who, know- who knows if those yeah. teams start out one and three? Yeah, maybe. But um, so anyway, so now you have this quarterback you don't want and you're you're scared to even let throw the ball. And I think that's kind of where the Niners were. And that, again, you can have your opinions on Trey Lance and didn't play a lot. He could end up being a very, we don't know. But I, I feel like the Niners were thinking like, look, if Purdy is not healthy or goes down, we need somebody who could steer the ship. And they felt better about Sam Darnold than they did about Trey Lance. So it makes you kind of think like, not that I want to rehash the move, but just in terms of what they did. Okay, this is a situation yeah. that the Niners feared they could be in. And did the Niners insulate themselves enough if this happened? So I just thought that was kind of interesting because my head went right there to like, oh, so the Niners didn't want to be here with a the quarterback they didn't trust. And no matter what anybody thinks of Trey Lance, the 49ers felt Sam Darnold was a better fit to take over this team if, if, if disaster happened. And that's kind of where my head went with it. But, yeah, it sucks for the league. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes with that team or whatever. But for the Niners, they feel better if disaster strikes that Sam Darnold would be the guy as opposed to a Trey Lance slash Zach Wilson type. I just, I just really, really felt bad for Robert Sala. Like the, the camera panned to him after Rogers went back down to the ground and the look on Sala's face, I was like, this man looks like he might cry. <laughs> like yeah. I was just, 
it was just it just hurt my heart to see him just like you have got to be shitting me that's exactly what i think he was thinking because like you said they they weren't i don't think that they envisioned in any scenario being without aaron rodgers this season you know e- even last year rodgers played through some injuries didn't play as well as he did the previous two seasons, which were MVP level seasons. So that makes sense. But he's been a healthy player. He's not missed very much time. And so you got to go into that thinking, look, we're going to get a full year of Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, I, as much as they don't, they don't believe in, or they don't trust Zach Wilson. I think that they don't believe in him or trust him right now, but I really do think that part of the overall plan for them was to bring Rodgers in for at the very, at the, at the very least this season. But, you know, even Rogers said, this isn't a one and done for me. You know, I, I I'm thinking maybe two or three years. And then even in an interview, he was like, and then hand, hand it over to, to Zach Wilson for another 10 to 15 years. Right. And so, you know, I think, I think the jets are in a different position than the 49ers would have been right. If the, if the roles were reversed, and it was still Brock Purdy that was QB1, and he went down, and Trey Lance was QB2. It's not the same scenario as it is for the Jets, and here's why. And 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 I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks, but one of the things that I was most impressed with, and I know this is a 49ers podcast, and we'll stop talking about the Jets in a second, but one of the things I was most excited about or or most interested in seeing was how much Aaron Rodgers took Zach Wilson kind of under his wing, was coaching him up, you know, in, in camp, helping him, you know, and, and I think for Zach Wilson, there's probably not a better scenario for him right now than what is going to happen, which is he's going to be QB one there, but he has a hall of fame quarterback who is going to be there with him through that process, probably on the headset with him during games in meeting rooms with him, you know, and, and Rogers isn't a, this isn't a Jordan Love situation. Rodgers joined this team, knew that he was going to be QB1, knew that they weren't looking to replace him. So he wasn't he wasn't concerned with Zach Wilson. He wasn't concerned that this team is going to try and replace me with Zach Wilson. So he he embraced him. And I don't think that that would have been the case with the 49ers because Brock Purdy's in the same boat that that Trey Lance is in. He's not a f- almost 40-year-old Hall of Fame quarterback. He is still a second-year player versus Lance's third-year player. So I do think that the Jets are in a little bit better position, but it'll be interesting to see if Zach Wilson, with the help of Aaron Rodgers, can at the very least play better than he did last year. And if they did, then that's probably enough for them to win games because, like you said, that defense looks incredible. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yeah, they looked to me like they were terrified of them. <laughs> it was just, it oh, was just so bad. Yeah, especially that game, for sure. Yeah, well, we'll see how it goes. It's going to be interesting. But you mentioned Purdy, and I wanted to bring up some milestones. Because I still don't think that Brock Purdy is really, I guess, amongst the fan base getting the credit that he deserves. I think he's starting or to get nationally. it nationally a little bit. I think nationally a little bit more. I think people are starting to creep. Like you heard Michael Parsons say he was a top 15 yeah. quarterback. And just he thinks they're starting to come out a little bit. So a couple things that came out in NFL communications, because I get I get those emails. So mm-hmm. with two touchdown passes. Uh, Purdy will join Billy Bullock as the only quarterback in the Super Bowl era with at least two TD passes in each of his first seven career starts. He can also Billy become the first Bullock. quarterback in the Super Bowl era with a passer rating of 95 or higher in each of his first seven career starts. Purdy, who will be 23 years years old and 264, years, 264 days old on Sunday, can join Patrick Mahomes and Dan Marino as the only quarterbacks ever under the age of 24 to record a passer rating of 95 or higher in seven consecutive starts. And then Matt Mayoko put out a tweet that said, um, Brock Purdy completed nine of 10 for 151 yards and two TD passes on passes 10 to 19 air yards in week one. He had a plus 28.5 completion percentage over expected, according to Zebra Sports, which is the best single game completion over expected to the intermediate area since week 16 of 2020. He is doing top level things is yes. he elite physically no. no you know what brian does it fucking matter 
No, <laughs> I don't think so. Because what he's doing right now, and, and Jeff Garcia talked about this, and I heard Steve Young again, I just think it's starting to creep up a little bit now, a little bit more like nationally and with, with the, the bigger names talking about it. His poise, his understanding of the game, his confidence. There was one play I was just looking at highlights. A lot of people remember the play where he did the spin move to get away from, I think it might've been Minka Fitzpatrick. It was Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah. To roll out and complete a pass. Yeah. But there's just one play. I don't know who was rushing, but it was coming from the right side. And all he did was step to the left. It bought mm-hmm. him about a second. And he mm-hmm. hits IU for what I believe was a first down for a nice chunk. Just pocket movement. Not scrambling, not running all around, not throwing off his back foot. Just pocket movement. And it made me think about some of the great quarterbacks ever. Not that I'm saying he's going to be this, but Tom Brady was one of the best movers in the pocket I've ever seen. Step up, step left, step right, avoid the rush. And he wasn't mobile at all. Just mm-hmm. seeing Purdy do little things like that and just having the awareness that he has, he's kind of just understands what's going on in the field and he has that feel. That's got to give you so much hope as a 49ers fan. But yeah, you don't have a guy with a rocket arm who's going to run like Justin Fields and throw 60 yards like Josh Allen. It, does, it doesn't matter. He's smart. He's terrific in the, with intermediate throws. He puts the ball where it's supposed to go. And as long as he can stay healthy and upright, I think they're, I think they're in a great position, man. And I really feel yeah. like, I really feel like he's probably a top 15 quarterback already. And I think if we wanted to go through the quarterbacks and I, I challenge anybody to do it, who's listening to the show, go through every single starting quarterback and see where you could put him. He's probably 15 ish, which is saying a lot, a lot after yeah. nine starts or whatever it's been. Well, and I think one of the things that, <clears throat> that Purdy is willing to do that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo was really good operating this offense. We know that. He was one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL when healthy, and that is largely due to Kyle Shanahan and the offensive system he runs. But also, Jimmy Garoppolo is a is an efficient quarterback. He's a decent quarterback, and look at what he did uh, on Sunday against the against the Broncos. So, but what Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't willing to do that Brock Purdy is more than willing to do is what I like to, or what I've heard referred to, and and I like it this way, he's willing to go for the doubles rather than settling for the singles in Kyle Shanahan's offense. And what that means is in almost every pass play that Kyle Shanahan dials up, there is a shallow, an intermediate, and a deep route, right? There's levels to the, the, the route tree. And more often than not, that intermediate tends to be open. The deep, maybe not always, and even the shallow, but the intermediate tends to be, or the intermediate will be open if it's thrown open. And that's what Purdy's been doing. And like you said, nine of 10 beyond the sticks, right? Which means that he's throwing 10 yards or more down the field, right? That's not dinking and dunking. That is high level quarterback play. But one of the stats that I heard, and and I'm I don't I'm not going to get it exactly correct because I don't remember the the in terms of the time frame. But Sunday's game in 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 Pittsburgh was the first game or had less yak yards after the catch than any game in at, I think at least three seasons for the 49ers, meaning that the yards that they got weren't because, you know, they dumped it off to Debo in the flats and he ran 40 yards, right? Or anything. they were air yards, right? He was he was attacking deeper down the field and completing those throws. They were up 20 to nothing 
before halftime, right? They ended up going into halftime up 20 to seven. And then Christian McCaffrey had his long run to open the third quarter. It was 27 to seven and the game was, was ostensibly over. So they weren't even really throwing the ball that much anyway. And, and that's, I think the biggest thing is Kyle Shanahan trusts Brock Purdy. He never fully trusted Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he obviously didn't trust Trey Lance. He trusts Brock Purdy. And I think we pointed it out in, in, in our recap, but to me, the, the single play that tells me that he does was that fourth down, uh, was that fourth down play, uh, where he dialed up a pass to George Kittle, as opposed to, you know, a, a, a juice, a juice run up the middle or, a you know, anything like that. I don't know that he would have trusted a, a quarterback he's had in San Francisco to pick up a fourth down with a pass ever. And so it's, it's hard to look at him and think he's an elite quarterback because he doesn't look like a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes or those guys. But if you watch him play, it's elite level quarterbacking. And I don't see anything that doesn't make it sustainable. And that I think is the key. It's not, you know, it's not smoke and mirrors. It's legit quarterbacking and he is operating it, operating this offense at the highest level we've seen under Kyle Shanahan. In that, that Jimmy game in week one with the Raiders was the most Jimmy Garoppolo game ever. 100%. It was a crushing interception. And then he, yep. he has a, a last minute drive to pull themselves out of the hole that he dug. You know, right. I mean? he's, like, that's he's the firefighter that started the fire and then put it out. Absolutely. And you were talking <laughs> off before, before we started recording about, well, what's going to take for Purdy? Is it, is it going to be, does he have to have these great big comebacks? And he did against the Raiders, mm -hmm. but he's not in a position where he has to come back because they're right. putting 30 up on everybody and they got to, they have a really good defense. Um, and I was listening to Haberman and Middlecoff and they were talking about, I think something Tom Brady had something like seven more fourth quarter comebacks in 20 years than Matt Ryan did it whatever he played like and Brady played a lot more and why was there why was that because Brady was always ahead Brady's not going to have a, a million fourth quarter comes back because they, they they were they were throttling people yeah. that's what you're getting with the Niners man he's had seven game nine, nine games now where he's played the majority of the games when you consider that Miami game his first game yeah they've scored 30 plus in seven of them what, what else do you want in the ones that he didn't was a Thursday night game where he had broken ribs right and against a phenomenal Dallas defense in the, in the divisional round, which happens yep. sometimes in the playoffs. You're not mm -hmm. going to put up 40 points against a really good defense in the playoffs, 30 points, whatever. So he's just going out every week and putting up 30. What, what else do you want? Like stop yep. nitpicking. That's kind of where I am with it. Just stop nitpicking, yep. enjoy what you have. And if eight games from now he's exposed, we'll, we'll deal with that. But like you said, I don't see any signs of that happening. Yep. I also don't see any signs of Brandon Ayuk slowing down this year. Whew. Wins offensive player of the week, which was just awesome. Now, he's the third 49ers receiver to win the award in week one. The only other two guys were Jerry Rice in 1994. And against the Raiders, Rice had seven catches for a buck 69 and two touchdowns. He added a 23-yard rush for a touchdown. It's a pretty good day. And then Anquan Bolden, Decent. who had 13 catches, 208 yards, and a touchdown in 2013. That great game against the Packers. And Ayuk in this game had uh, six receptions and 15-plus yards, and only Tyree Kill had more. So he just came out. He had a wide receiver one type type game, and and he was you know really complimentary of Purdy after as well. 
all these guys are buying in. And I just think IU can pretty, this connection is going to continue. And I, I just ready to have just a phenomenal season. Well, and I mean, I know for Kyle Shanahan, the most impressive play from Brandon Ayuk was the block that he laid on the oh, yeah. Pittsburgh cornerback yep. on Christian McCaffrey's long touchdown run. I think Kyle Shanahan probably loved that more than the eight catches for a hundred and however many yards and two touchdowns. Like if if none of that happened, but Brandon Ayuk decleated a defender on a Christian McCaffrey run, Kyle Shanahan would have absolutely still thought that. Brandon Ayuk had a hell of a game because that's what it takes to be a, uh, that's what it takes to be a receiver in this offense. But also I think that that play specifically is just a microcosm of what this team is about. And this team is mm -hmm. about winning at all costs. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're a wide receiver, you're going to block your ass off or you're not going to be on the field. But not only that, you want to block your ass off because this team is a cohesive unit with one goal in mind, and that is the Super Bowl. And everything that they've said, everything that they've done up till now and through week one shows that th this is this is the goal. And even Christian McCaffrey said, you know, the urgency is a little bit higher right now. And and I think sometimes we think of that word urgency as, as a bad thing. Like, it's only urgent because something bad is going to happen if you don't or whatever. But I think more than that, it's, it's urgency in that we know we're really, really, really good. And if we do what we're capable of doing, we are absolutely better than every team we step on the field against. And I think they believe that. And I think they should believe that because if week one is any indication they're if they're not the best team in the NFL, there's one team better. And and I, I don't know who that would be. The, you can make an argument for Dallas based on how they won their game 40 to nothing. But I still think the Steelers are a better opponent than the Giants. So which one is really more impressive? You know, you could argue either way. And and until Travis Kelsey gets back, I don't think you can put the Chiefs there. So, you know, the, yeah, the, the two Chiefs most impressive at wide receiver. Oh they yeah, do. big time, and big time. Week one can be a mirage. We all know that. Yeah, but for sure. The AFC teams that we thought were going to be really, really tough to beat, and they still will be. Looks like there's some holes there in spots in week mm -hmm. one that you can see mm -hmm. that in the NFC maybe is a little closer than we thought with those top three teams. Philly didn't look great in week one, but we've seen what they can what they can do. We know what they can do. And I thought Dallas and the Niners just looked outright scary. Yeah. with the way that their defenses can perform. So yep. I've been talking about the Cowboys all year. The Cowboys, before I was like Philly, 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 I think I think Dallas, if they stay healthy, worry me more than, than, than Philly does. Just even law of averages, because again, the Niners have beat them a couple of times. So eventually yeah. the ball bounces a, a different way, you know? Yeah. So um, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But right now, right now, Dallas is the team to me that I kind of have asterisks by where, where they, they scare me a little bit. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, 
not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. What about the Rams? They do not scare me, Brian. <laughs> the Rams do not. Now, if you if you told me week one, Rams and Seahawks are playing each other and the score is going to be 30 to 13, I, I thought it would have been the opposite way for sure. But the Rams came out and give them credit, man. Everybody buried them, absolutely buried them and said that they were done and they were going to be terrible and they still will be. But for one week, they came out and surprised a lot of people. And the first thing I think of that is I think of uh, – Jim Tom Sula's first game and Chip Kelly's first game when the Niners looked really good in week one, too. Yeah. And then it all goes to hell pretty quickly. But as long as Stafford's healthy, they're going to be able to put up some points. And you showed it sure. in this game. It was one of those games where you always hear about those late round rookie receivers in camp. And you're like, oh, I'm going to take them late in my fantasy draft. And then they have seven catches the whole year and don't do anything. But this Puka Nakua, Nakua, did I say his name? Puka, Puka Nakua, Nakua, yeah. 10 catches for a buck 19. And yep. Tutu Atwell, who had in a dynasty league for two years and cut, decided to finally have a good game. <laughs> six six catches for 119 yards. Yeah. When you think the whole the whole time it's going to be Tyler Higby and Van Jefferson. And Jefferson dropped right. what would have been a long touchdown, so he might have had a good game if he did that. But these two guys come out of nowhere. Uh, Stafford goes 24 for 38 for 334 yards, and they put up 30 points on a Seattle team that some people were talking about as a sleeper team for the Super Bowl. I don't believe that. But that's what some people said. Surprising, but they also couldn't run the ball. They had 40 carries for just 92 yards versus yeah. Seattle. And the game was actually 13-7 Seahawks at halftime. And then the Seahawks lost a couple offensive linemen and kind of all hell broke loose mm-hmm. the other way. So I, I think, and we'll see if I'm going to be proven wrong, but I think this is one of those week one mirage games where the Rams just look really good. And they're going to come out against the Niners team who beat them by a combined score of 55-23 to last year who sacked mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford nine times last year. And I think the Niners are just going to, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be really ugly. Yeah. You know, the I, 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 I wanted to dive into, I'm like, how did, how did the Rams beat the Seahawks 30 to 13? And, you know, I, I'm not a film guy. I'm not, I don't have, and you know, I don't have access to the all 22 or anything like that. And so a lot of that just, you know, is, it's kind of looking at, looking at the, the box score, um, looking at team stats and trying to figure out kind of a theme of the game. And, and honestly, you know what it feels like? It feels like Sean McVay knew, knew that he was walking into uh, Seattle with the significantly less 
talented roster than the Seahawks have. Not again that the Seahawks have this ultra talented roster, but they have a more talented roster than the Rams. And their game plan was the game plan that you would have going into a game where you know that you are outclassed almost everywhere on the field. And you look at, and, and then I think Seattle went into this game going, who the hell is on that Rams team? We don't even need to prepare. We're going to, we're going to just stomp a mud hole in these guys and, and came out flat. And you look at, you look at the Seattle offense that was good last year. I mean, it was Geno Smith was good last year. He won comeback player of the year because he came back from being a shitty quarterback, which I think is lame, but it is what it is. Um, but this Seahawks offense against a, a no name Rams defense outside of Aaron Donald. That's it. That's all that's on that defense. Aaron Donald. They managed 180 total yards. 180 total yards. Both teams had nine drives, but the Rams doubled up the Seahawks in time of possession, 40 minutes to 20 minutes. They also ran 32 more plays than the Seahawks did, 78 to 46. But here's the thing. The Rams got 27 first downs. The Seahawks only got 13. But the Rams had 17 third downs and they converted on 11 of them. That is not going to happen against a no, San Francisco 49ers defense. Yeah. No, it's not. And and that and the San Francisco defense is significantly better than Seattle's defense and what San Francisco can do that Seattle can't is rush the quarterback. And so I think that the Rams are going to try and go in against the 49ers with the same kind of game plan. Like you said, they ran the ball 40 times. Were they successful running it? No. They averaged 2.3 yards a carry because they got 92 yards. But they were converting their third downs, which if you're only averaging 2.3 yards a rush, are going to be long third downs. Again, that's not something that's sustainable against a 49ers defense that Shut down a, a Steelers offense that, while we don't know how good Kenny Pickett is, it's still an offense that was performing in the preseason and an offense that many predicted would be significantly better than they were last year. The Rams struggle against the 49ers defense anyway, and now they don't have Cooper Cup and they have a patchwork offensive line. Like I do think that this game is going to get ugly. And, and that's not me being a homer for the 49ers. It's just the reality of the situation. This team, this Rams team brought in 50 rookies to camp. 50. <laughs> 50. Like, the, the, the talent disparity is unreal. And I know what the Rams did in week one. It's not happening in week two. Yeah, and you just look at the history with the Niners and, and what they've they've owned the the Rams for the last what four years or whatever it's been. Um, obviously, the one game they needed to beat them, and that, that that's the one victory they had in the NFC Championship game. But for the yeah. most part, Kyle owns McVay during the regular season. The player I think is good that's going to really explode in this game is Debo Samuel. So we had yeah. a pretty pedestrian game last week. Uh, we get five catches for fifty-five yards, mm -hmm. but his last six, including the playoffs against the Rams. He has 36 catches for 578 yards and six total TDs. I feel like this is a Debo game. 
It just mm-hmm. kind of feels like a Debo game to me. And the way the Niners ran their offense last week, Ayuk had eight targets, Debo had seven, Kittle had six, McCaffrey had five, and then Jennings and Eli Mitchell each had one in the passing game, which is fine for me. You got those four studs, throw them the ball. I'm fine with that game plan. And Jennings and, and whoever else can kind of get the leftovers here. But I feel like it's going to be similar. I think they're going to rely on those four guys again. And I, I just see Debo, whether he gets a few on the ground or whatever, I think he's going to have a really, really big game and be the guy that kind of breaks through for the Niners. Bosa also has a lot of success against the Rams, too. Uh, he's got 32 pressures and six and a half sacks in the last five against them. And he had three and a half sacks against the Rams in the two games last year. So Bosa had maybe a quiet game for him, and as he will as he's working his way back here. But I think those are the two guys that I think the stars are, are going to have nice days. I could see Bosa getting a sack or two. And like I said, Debo having his breakout game of the year. Yeah. Well, and, and if you look at, at the Seahawks offensive performance against the Rams in week one, Kenneth Walker ran the ball 12 times for 64 yards, which is a 5.3 yard average. There was, mm-hmm. there was, there was yardage to be had on the ground. They just couldn't continue to run because they got down so big in the second half and they had to throw. And, for whatever reason, that passing offense was wildly unsuccessful. Uh, they had a total of, what was it, 95 passing yards uh, because of a 17 yards taken away due to two sacks, uh, which is an average of 3.4 yards per pass. So obviously that <laughs> that Seattle offense was on the struggle bus all day against the Rams. A no-name defense, again, outside of Aaron Donald. We mentioned it on the last show. My favorite clip from week one was hearing Gino yell, oh my God, as uh, Aaron Donald bore down upon him in the pocket. But like I said, I don't think the Seattle team is as good as people thought they would be. I also don't think they're as bad as they showed in week one. I don't think the Rams are as bad as people thought they would be. I think Sean McVay is a great coach, but also I don't think they're anywhere near as good as it appeared to be in week one. So to me, you look at that week one game between those two and you go, I can't take anything away from this in, in, in terms of trying to figure out what's going to happen between these two teams, the 49ers and the Rams. Because like I said, the talent disparity is so large that outside of catastrophic injuries, I don't foresee any way that the Rams could pull out any kind of victory in this game. In fact, the 49ers are eight and a half point favorites. And I would venture, I would, I, I would still bet that. I would bet, I would bet the Rams getting eight and a half because what's the outside of that NFC championship game? I think the average margin of victory uh for Kyle Shanahan against the Sean McVay led uh LA Rams in the regular season, I think the average margin of victory is 10. So uh it's it's more than one score. So uh again. You just have to you just have to be realistic, right? And I I guarantee Rams fans are realistic. Maybe mm-hmm. some of them aren't, but this the 49ers should not enter this game with the same mindset that I think the Seahawks did, which is we are going to dog walk this team. And I don't think they will because I think this team is focused on the end goal, which is the Super Bowl. So I don't think they're going to go in with the attitude that we're going to dog walk them, but I do think that they will go in and dog walk them. At the home away you know from my home, brain- SoFi Stadium, they're wearing their home reds. It's like they know. It's like they know. You know where my brain's going right now, and, and anybody who follows me or listens to the show knows I can be pessimistic. But my brain right now, I'm trying to 
tell yourself, L, things can go wrong. Don't go there. Don't think good thoughts, but I'm still doing it. Are the Niners going to have this division wrapped up by Thanksgiving? It's kind of what I feel like right now. Kind of where I, my head's going. I would not I at think, all be surprised. Yeah. The way, again, I just feel like, and I know it's like, okay, it was one game. It was week one. Ellie, you just said week one could be a mirage. I understand all that. But I just feel like this team, you talk about what McCaffrey said. George Kittle talked about their window earlier in the offseason or in the preseason or whatever it was. This team understands the assignment. They they yeah. understand the importance of this year. And I thought what they did in week one showed that they're not they're not going to take their foot off the gas. Like they're out there with a purpose. And I think they're going to go out and they're going to for sure, I think, beat the Rams, the Giants, and the Cardinals. I mean, it's a major yes. upset if they lose to any of those three teams. Then you're four and all going into that Dallas game. And the, I I don't see the Rams or the Cardinals as having any chance. And the Seahawks got some tough games, man. Seahawks are going yeah. to Detroit this week. They lose that game and they end up 0-2. And the Niners mm-hmm. are 2-0, and which we expect them to be. I mean, let's go. Let's go. If you get an also, 0-2 hole, you got to play the Niners twice still. Um, they got to play Dallas and Dallas Eagles. later in the season. They have to play Dallas. They have to play they're going they to go to the Ravens. They have to go to the Bengals. Like that's that's a that's a tough, that's tough for Seattle. Yeah. You know, they're not so can can 10 and 7, sure, but 9 and 8, I think they're going to be in that in that range. And I really am looking at Thanksgiving now, that Thanksgiving game against the, the Seahawks before we were talking about it. Like, are they going to win? Does it now I'm thinking mm-hmm. does it matter? That's honestly yeah. where my brain's going right now. And if yeah. <laughs> again, I'm, I know I'm typically pessimistic, but I, I just feel I feel as confident in this team as I have in a really, really, really long time. Like maybe like Harbaugh years, like 2013-ish. And we talk about week one being a possible mirage for teams. There was nothing that San Francisco did in week one that they weren't doing to end the season last year. They're just picking up right where they left off. So again, it's not like there were questions and they answered them, right? And I guess there were with Brock Purdy, like what's Brock going to look like in his first game back from the injury? All of that was Brock Purdy a mirage. But this team, right? This team just picked up exactly where they left off to end last season and I don't I don't see any reason why what they did to Pittsburgh isn't what they can do to pretty much any team and again it is the NFL and every given any given Sunday right and I understand that but like you said Al uh, the confidence level I have in this team is untouchable right now um, Brian, they've and, won. and if you- we'll have to see you take out the the Josh Johnson game, which they didn't have a chance to compete when you're right. throwing Josh Johnson on the field. They've won 13 games in a row. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Yeah. That. Like I was when yeah. I was going through stuff this week. I'm like, holy shit! When was the last time they mm-hmm. lost? The last time they lost, minus the debacle and then it's a championship game, was to the Chiefs in mm-hmm. Week Seven of last year. Last CMC's lost first game with the Niners, but had only been there for what three days? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just again, you just have to be. I, I'm just playing. I, I cannot wait until Sunday. I can't wait to watch this team come out. I'm confident that they're going to blow the doors off of people, and it's it's fun for what's been kind of even the last couple of years. It ended really well, but it started out really stressful. Yeah, <laughs> three and four, yes. and three and five. Those couple of years, it was, and then the year before was really stressful. 2019 was a lot of fun, but in the beginning, it was a little ugly. Mm-hmm. Now. I just feel like this is, again, it has that feel of 2012, 2013, 
has that feel of the 90s teams. It has the feel of some of the 80s teams. It's just got that real dominant feel, and it's yeah. it's, it's awesome. Yeah, this feels like 2019, but even better to start the season. Again, week one, we got to get to week two. But, man, like I said, I don't, I don't look at the schedule, and, and especially after that performance on week one, I can't find anywhere on the schedule where there's a game where, like, they're probably going to lose that game. Right mm-hmm. now, again, week one, everybody's healthy. Yeah, that's going to change. Hopefully they get excellent injury luck because they deserve it. They're owed it, I feel like, from football gods, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, like I said, I, I what what team is better right now? Richard Sherman says nobody. So I'm going to go with Uncle Sherman on that one. I think I agree. All right, Brian, we'll be back recording after the game on Sunday. Head that out on Monday. Yes, sir. React to it all, which would be a 45 to 10 win for the night. Um, Let's I'm say 35 go, to 10. Let's say 35 yeah. to 10. All right. So I'm going to go. Yeah, I'll go with. Uh, I think there's no reason why they can't again score over 30. Uh, so I'm going to go 31 to 13. So we both think it's going to be a big, a big win. I think most people do. So, all right, guys, we'll see what happens. We'll be back to break it all down after for Brian Abel. Later. Nine, three, one, two, three. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.